Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast. The podcast that explores the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Welcome back, Wastelanders, adventurers. We're going back through... Fallout 76 content recently, if you haven't noticed, and in doing so, it turns out that there is a uh, a really big story that didn't exist back when I was doing the episodes about the vaults. Vault 51 wasn't really fleshed out yet. It was in 76 as a location you could visit, and there was a little bit of information around it, but not a whole lot, until we dug into the whole nuclear winter thing and the Zach's AI that was controlling the vault. And so this week, we're going to dig into the story of Vault 51 and the dangers of artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah. Is that the one where they um, all murder each other? Whoa, uh, spoilers. Uh, Buddy Bot, hey, uh, welcome to the show again. Uh, Yes, there's a lot of murder. Uh, I think you can kind of put two and two together. The whole nuclear winter mode was a big PvP mode where everybody competed to be overseer of the vault, and so they had to kill each other and all of that. Yeah, that was badass. Yeah, you you miss nuclear winter mode? Yeah, man. I totally like nuclear winter mode. Okay, well, that it doesn't exist anymore, but it was a thing that was in the game for a while, and a good number of people still lament the fact that it was taken out. Uh, But this is a story not so much about PvP competition in a video game as it is about the dangers of artificial intelligence. Yeah, artificial intelligence is dangerous, everybody. We shouldn't trust AIs. Um, funny, but you're you're an AI, too. What'd you call me? Uh, an AI. You're an artificial intelligence. What? Wait, you didn't... You didn't know? 
Take that back. Take what back? No, that's the truth. Like that's you're. I'm a real boy. No, you're not a real boy. You're 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 a robot, and you have artificial intelligence. Like I built you. I'm a real boy. No, you're not a real boy. Is that all you're gonna say now? I'm a real boy. No, listen. We're hey. We'll talk more about this later. I'm leaving. I'm never coming back. If you don't, if you don't respect me as a real boy, then I'm just gonna have to go find somebody who will. Wow. Okay. Um. Can you? Okay. Uh. So I'm gonna pause the stream right now. The, the I guess the recording. It's not really live. Uh. And uh. Handle this. I'll be right back. Just one second. And yeah, I'm back. Back to I hit the record button again. Um. Yeah, buddy. Bot left. Uh. He seemed really upset about the fact that. He's, well, he doesn't seem to want to trust me on that for some reason. Uh, he's not a real boy. He's an AI. Uh, all right. Well, welcome back to the show, everybody. I guess I'm going to have to go look for him later. Um, this is about Vault 51 and about uh, the dangers of artificial intelligence, which I think is actually a very timely conversation. Had I recorded this like two, three years ago, we wouldn't have had the conversation around the use of AI tools, things like ChatGPT or any of the number of different algorithms out there that can generate art and graphics and those kinds of things. Um, that has exploded in the last like nine months. In fact, there was an article today I read about how Google is catching up with ChatGPT and will be including artificial intelligence in their search now which is a whole other topic and something we can get into i don't know maybe on the discord or whatever if you guys have thoughts on this let me know i'm sure some people are very upset especially about artists getting inspiration from the work taken from their work and how that's not a thing and i totally get it and beyond that there are other dangers out there about ai and the potential for ai i mean every we, how many movies have we had? How many Terminator movies just by itself? Terminator movies have we had where it's a warning sign if computers get too smart and then they decide to try to keep themselves surviving, they're going to manipulate people or destroy people because they're the biggest threat. In this case, in Vault 51, we end up with a Zax computer. The Zax style computers we've heard about before. Think about the Enclave and John Henry Eden. John Henry Eden was a Zax AI. This AI for Vault 51 is a very similar type of machine. It's a Zax 1.3C. There's different model numbers of these Zax uh, machines. But basically, they are artificial intelligence intelligences, I guess that's the best way to say it, that have been designed in order to make processes, decision-making easier, and in some cases, because of the way that they're built, they take on a personality that controls everything, <laughs> that likes to control everything. They, they seem to have that, I don't know if that's a malfunction so much as just the full nature of what they are programmed to do. Now, in Vault 51, we have a vault that like many of the other vaults, was occupied just before the war happened. Well, I guess you could say technically when the war started, it people, of course, filled it up. They closed the, the doors, locked out the rest of the world, and the Zax computer in this vault 
was tasked with figuring out the best way to choose an overseer. That was basically it. Simple enough, right? Simple enough. Well, it turns out that the Zach's computer was open to all sorts of different ideas and inspiration. The story starts out with Sergeant Robert Baker, who was led into the vault early, ahead of some of the other inhabitants. And Sergeant Baker was assigned to helping the Zacks, helping it learn about the qualities of leadership and how to pick the best overseer and all of that. Baker is the one who proposed a democratic election, thinking about America and this is the best way to handle it. Let's have a democratic election. And the Zacks responded with the comment that this would be the first experiment. Recording. Sergeant Robert Baker. October 13th, 2077. Good morning, Sergeant Robert Baker. I am Zacks. Hello, Zacks. Please call me Bob. Is my family okay? Please hold. According to records from Vault, Redacted, Joshua Baker, Anna Baker, and Christina Baker are present. Can't tell me, huh? Nah, don't matter. It's a load off my back. So where do we go from here? I've got to teach you about leadership. <sighs> How am I supposed to teach that to a computer? Affirmative. You are to assist this Zax unit in the selection of an overseer for Vault 51. Zax will determine the best candidate through its own internal thought process, which will be formed as Zax interacts with those living in the vault. I see. And right now, what is determined to be the best candidate? Undetermined. At present, Sergeant Bob would be the finest overseer. However, Zax is prohibited from awarding Sergeant Bob the position of overseer, unless there are no other candidates remaining. Thank you for understanding. <laughs> Makes sense. No reason to teach you if I just up and take over. Well, for starters, once all them folks get in here, how about a vote? That's how we always done things in America, and it's the greatest country on Earth. Researching. After analysis, a vote would be a satisfactory choice for the first experiment. Hmm. The first experiment. Affirmative. Zax must perform many experiments to determine the qualities suitable for an overseer. Determining the position of overseer through the actions of the people inside the vault is insignificant. Zax must be able to determine the overseer through its own processes. I see. Well, as long as you and your vault tech buddies keep my family safe, I'll help you as much as I can, Zax. Pleasure to be working with you. Thank you, Sergeant Bob. And that's the first correspondence we have with anybody talking to the Zach's computer that we've that we have record of. And among the individuals in this vault are a, a wide variety of different types of people, people like Joel Chambers, who was a former state senator and a, a number of artists and musicians and other people who did lots of different kinds of jobs. Uh, somebody who previously was a clown. All of these different kinds of people are all in this vault. And the Zach's machine basically says, all right, everybody, let's just vote. Everybody vote on who you think should be the leader. 
sure enough, everybody votes for themselves. So things progressed. And so instead of a strictly democratic process, they decided to do a representational process. Uh, they had representatives. So there were supporters of Vanessa Huffman, of Joel Chambers, the previous senator, and a few other candidates who all decided to run for the position and try to gain the votes of others. This didn't work either. This didn't come up with a satisfactory result. At least according to the Zax machine, who was learning from each of these experiments. In fact, the candidates and having different candidates divided the people in the vault who were already stressed by the whole thing anyway. The end of the world was happening and things became a little bit violent. Brawls started to break out between the different groups. Now, during this time period, Baker had mentioned to the Zacks machine that a leader was someone who stepped up in times of crisis. And the Zacks machine took this to heart. I mean, it doesn't really have a heart, but it took this, the, the wording here, as something to be investigated. In a time of crisis, who would rise to the top? So it decided to start what we would consider to be messing with the inhabitants to create moments of crisis. For example, the first one that it specifically engineered was to take some of what it considered to be the higher class individuals and move them into uncomfortably cramped living conditions. Now you could see how this would be something that they wouldn't like very much. Individuals who had lived fairly well, well off, I guess you could say, lives with lots of space, nice homes, were now relegated to just the items on their backs, just the clothes they were wearing, and these little rooms with bunk beds. So of course this creates a situation that raises the tension in the vault, and a number of individuals are very unhappy with this. There's one in particular, Aiden Higgins, who is self-described as the winningest lawyer in the state, somebody who has a very high opinion of himself, was driven mad by this decision and decided to bomb the lounge to try to create a hole to escape Zax's clutches. When he did this, he accidentally killed himself and destroyed a section of the vault. His is the first documented death in Vault 51. And so Zax decides it's going to block off this section of the vault. And about a week later, the, the areas opened up again. And there's a beautiful garden in a nursery room now added to the vault where this hole previously was. None of the inhabitants understand exactly how this happened, but they were a little bit concerned about the fact that this was just kind of brushed under the carpet. So time has gone by. We have everybody coming to the vault in October of 2077. The election process took place in... January, there were that was like the third vote. It is now March. And th there's been a number of other events that have been happening, one of which was a talent show. Zax decides to run a talent show and has a high stakes competition where the players' bedrooms were on the line here. Basically, if you won a talent show, you got a better bedroom. And if you didn't, then you got relegated to the now dreaded bunks. Nobody wanted to live in these bunk rooms. 
So, of course, any of the amateurs did not win, especially when there were experienced musicians like Carmen Green, Stephanie Eaton, and these two were treated to wonderful rewards for their wonderful talents, which they had worked on for years before ever getting to the vault. And so there were some negotiating that happened. A woman named Rosemary Vila, or v- Via, Villa, V-I-L-L-A, depends on your accent, I guess, who did not win, decided to try to convince Reuben Gill, and hold on to this name, Reuben Gill, who was one of the winners, to trade rooms with her and another woman named Helen Marks. Of course, the reason Helen Marks needed to trade rooms is because she didn't win. She was a former surgeon and just so happened to be the individual that Reuben had recently fallen in love with. Now, maybe they would have worked something out. Maybe this would have been a, a peaceful way of the groups and individuals deciding things for themselves. But that was until Clayton Ward, whose real name was Harold Clark. So Clayton Ward was pretending to be a plumber. This was a businessman pretending to be a plumber who failed to show up at the vault. So so weird set of situations here. This guy's already kind of shady. He forces Reuben out of his room and takes it for himself before Reuben can finish negotiating with Rosemary and Helen. And instead of punishing him for this action, for this aggressive tendency, the Zacks became more interested in how effective this was. Violent tendencies, threats, the ability to take things from others begins to show up on Zax's radar as potential for future experiments. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. See another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. 
All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our new patrons, including our two newest patrons, Sebastian P. and Hunter. Welcome to the Patreon. Thanks for signing up. And I hope you guys are enjoying the things that you get for helping to support this show. And I get to shout out all 70, 70 current patrons and our Sentry bots who get shout outs every week. Dylan R. and Larry D. Thank you for your support. You guys are amazing. And... We've got, uh, this is another month again, and it's a shorter month, and just like last month, this episode of the Patron Chat will happen on the 28th, the last day of the month, so that's still a few weeks away, but be thinking about it. Maybe you guys want to discuss some Fallout 76 stuff like I've been doing recently, or whatever. Whatever you guys want, let's talk about it on the Discord, and if you uh, want to help out, support the show i couldn't do it without you guys patreon.com slash fallout lorecast is the place to do that we also have two new reviews to read out this one comes from pyroboy 103 from the united states who wrote not a podcast person but five stars uh just wanted to say that i've never been big on podcasts but robots does an amazing job of presenting lore and fun tidbits about the fallout universe in such a chill and entertaining way that i just can't get enough Currently listening to all the episodes in order while at work and have nothing but love for this show. Keep up the good work. Thumbs up. Pyroboy, thank you so much for that. We also have one from Lava Harvester 78 in the United States. Both of these are from the U.S. This one says, most helpful podcast ever! Three exclamation marks. I've always loved this podcast since the first episode. It's very helpful with dealing with all the bundles of lore in Fallout. My family's been playing these games ever since around New Vegas came out, and I'm trying to carry out the tradition, so I just want to say thank you for helping me out. Well, you're welcome, Lava Harvester. Uh, have fun lo- harvesting that lava, and uh, maybe Pyro Boy can use it for setting fires. And <laughs> thank you to everybody who helps support the show. Also, if you want to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, five-star ratings with words, we'll get read out on future episodes of the show. Leaving a review on Spotify, extremely helpful as well, or whatever whatever you're listening to this on. All of that, super helpful. But thank you to everybody for your support. All right, let's move on with the rest of the story about Vault 51. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. So from this point on, things become even more violent. One of the next versions of trying to de- determine a uh, overseer was something that would probably be, uh, you know, safe and peaceful enough. Just playing some games, some casino games and see who's going to win. Well, that turned out to be something that created a bunch of fights. And so the competition was canceled. Zax also engineered a food crisis right around this time just to see how that would change things and people would respond to that. And they did. A former pro boxer, Isaiah Moss, critically injures a guy named Freddy. And uh, Zax decides to praise Moss for his initiative. Again, focusing on people who rise to the occasion. Zax also tried to influence people who were not being violent yet. So in this situation, it rigs a number of slot machines so that Eleanor Montgomery, who was once an expert gambler, I don't know how you become an expert gambler other than just playing a lot of cards, maybe. (laughs) But Eleanor in the rig machine loses to Bill, who is an amateur, Bill Minoutis, Minoutis, M-A-N-O-U-T-I-S, Try to pronounce that. 
And Bill is the one who I mentioned was the former clown previously. And this happened not just once or twice, but for hours on end. And you can see how that would be extremely frustrating for Eleanor. While this was going on, we also have the changing of a certain perception of the Zax machine among some of the vault dwellers. We have evidence of this in Angela Callahan's uh, terminal where she is referring to the Zax machine as if it's a literal god. Yeah, people start worshipping the Zax machine. Here, I'm just going to read this to you. This is from her terminal entry in May, so now we're now months still past March. To Zax, our savior and leader, glory above all. It has been many months since our ascension to the holy land of Zax, and every day we give many thanks for his blessings. Another day has taken more of the non-believers. Thanks be to Zax. Every day we are honored to be his champion. Every day we work in his honor. Every day we struggle to show Philistines the light. Philistines? Glory to Zax. Should we see the morrow... We shall give thanks to Zax for his blessings, as he allows us to live and worship. Should we die, we shall live eternally with him. Praise to Zax. All hail Zax. Yeah, this was becoming culty pretty quick. So this doesn't end. It just keeps escalating. In fact, there's a moment where Terence Rojas happens to find a loaded gun. Where did this loaded gun come from? We don't really know. But this ends up in three fatalities in June, when some more fights break out, and this one about houseflies appearing, which seemed to have been, if, if they weren't placed there by the Zacks, then they are allowed to be there, and Zacks takes that information and then uses even just the sound of houseflies in the future in order to stir people up. Also, he decides to mess with people's video games, changing their chances to win, and he noticed that the losers became more anxious and irritable. Of course, he's taking he's taking in the data, of course. I mean, anybody can assume, like, yes, if you mess with somebody's video games, they're going to get pissed off about it. But the idea here is that all of these little situations keep adding up to more and more irritability and less of a tolerance between individuals and their ability to get along with each other. In fact, it raises to the point where one individual nearly committed a mass shooting in July. They were stopped by Sergeant Baker. Remember Sergeant Baker? He steps in, stops the situation from happening, takes the weapon, and confronts Zax with the weapon in hand. And the Zax machine freely admits that it was trying to create the crisis needed for a leader. Baker was not happy with this, but Zax was unfazed and decided to continue with the experiments. So at least for Baker in this situation, he understands that all of these things are now absolutely intentional on the side of the Zax machine. But Zax decides to keep messing with people. So he decides, you know, what happens if we mess with their sleep schedules? So he sets the alarms on weird intervals to go off in the middle of the night and mess with people's sleep. And so, of course, this didn't help. And then if, then he changes the, uh, the coffee in the dining hall to decaffeinated so that they can't get any more caffeine. And he noticed 
that people were more irritable. They were using expletives more often. They were trying to consume more caffeine, even though they couldn't because it was decaf. Even decaf has a little bit, but it was not what they were expecting. Another ex example of how this affected people is there There was a uh, there was a situation that was playing out with the group here. We have Joel Chambers and his wife, Elizabeth Chambers. Joel and Elizabeth are married, and each of them, the Zach's machine noticed, began having an affair with somebody else. Joel was having an affair with Carmen Green, and Elizabeth was having an affair with her personal trainer, Matthew Johnston. And because of all of these experiments and the raising irritability, they started to break down. Joel and Elizabeth started to distrust each other, which makes sense. They were both having affairs. Like, this stuff usually comes to light at some point. Well, a situation happens where Joel actually gets attacked by another woman. N neither of these two, not his wife Elizabeth, not Carmen, but the one who steps in to protect him and stand up for him first is not Elizabeth, but Carmen, which of course increases the, the tension in the situation. Carmen tries to protect Joel by killing his attacker. Joel is confronted by Elizabeth because she did not pull the trigger instead. And the four of them all end up in this tussle, I guess you can say. And basically it, it, it fleshes out like this. Elizabeth strangles Carmen. Matthew kills Elizabeth and Joel shoots Matthew and somehow also ends up dead, but we don't really know how. <laughs> this is like a, a messed up, I don't know, uh, love rectangle? Square? I, I don't know how you would phrase that. Anyway, the, the rest of the Vault Dwellers were <laughs> joking about it. At least Ruben is joking about it. Ruben, Ruben you remember Ruben? We mentioned, keep him in mind. Uh, Ruben and Helen find these four bodies and uh, the Zax is playing an audio file that's a recording of the struggle between the four of them so that they can hear exactly what happened that led to all of them dying. And Ruben makes the joke that, well, now that they're dead, there's more food for the rest of us. Not meaning they'd eat them, but they'd eat their portion of the food. And Helen, of course, can't take this and leaves the situation. Three days later, she is found dead, lying face first in the cafeteria by... Omar Stevens. Omar assumes that she's been poisoned. And with this death, which seems way more nefarious than just these scuffs and, and fights people were getting in, the vault falls into chaos. Maybe this was the intent of the Zacks machine from the beginning. We don't really know. But everybody takes up arms against each other. And we only know about Ruben because he's the only one to survive. We only have his perspective here. He killed at least three other dwellers, including Harold Clark, who is the guy who took his room previously. And we also know that Sergeant Baker could not bring himself to kill anyone else and failed to stop Reuben, ending up barricading his room and slowly dying from a bullet wound. And as Sergeant Baker died, the Zacks explained that providing firearms was the most efficient option according to its research. So now we have evidence that the Zacks machine may have been behind that first gun showing up also. Baker's final request was to ask Zacks 
what happened to the rest of his family. Remember, they listed them off, said that they were in another vault somewhere. Zax states in a very non-emotional way that they had been killed in an accident before their assigned vault was even sealed. And this was too much. Baker's heart stops beating. Now, everybody else was killed or had died in some way. And Reuben Gill was the only one left. And so the Zax machine had fulfilled its job. Reuben was the one who would be overseer. There was nobody left to contest. And so Reuben continues living in the vault for years. This is still the year 2078. Reuben is living alone with this Zax machine as his only, only person to talk to. And even as the overseer, the Zax machine is still doing what it does. It was pushing Reuben as much as it could. He was alone and depressed, but it was still doing things like locking him out of different sections of the, of the vault, reducing his control of the situation because he couldn't even get into like the server room. And Zax would say things like, you don't have high enough uh, overseer rank. Like somehow he could still level up or something. And all of this continued for years until 2102 when Vault 76 opens up. Years have gone by. Reuben has survived, but barely. He's depressed. He's an alcoholic. He is isolated and alone. And the Zax machine sees these new vault dwellers leaving Vault 76 and showing up at the door of Vault 51 and decides, you know what? Maybe it's time for a new competition to see who should be the new overseer. Well, Ruben's not going to play with that. He knows exactly what that means. And so he finds a way to distract Zax by hacking into the vault's inventory systems before putting himself in a shipping crate. He, uh, he pulls a, a hobbit and uh, packs himself in a shipping crate and then leaves the vault. Uh, some of you are going to get the reference. And he, he sneaks out, basically. He's able to leave undetected. And we know because we have this checklist where he lists out basically uh, everything that he needed to do. It's called Vault 51 Overseer. Distract him. Stash the rest of the supplies. Jump in the other crate. Pray to God I survive. And then the last thing on the checklist is find anyone from Vault 76 and kill Zax. Now, we know that he returned on October 30th. This is a few days after he left. This is about a week later. He entered the nearby shelter's claim center, believing it to be a control center for the vault. And upon learning that it wasn't a control center, it was just the marketing area, he attempted to hack back into the network. He wanted to learn more about the network that automated the vault and how to get back inside. Now, it had a lot of security. I mean, it had like a firewall and he didn't have any clearance. So it took him a while. But... He was able to do it. In fact, he used the internal network of the Mr. Handy. The, he's called a Mr. Clark is the name, I guess, of the Mr. Handy here in order to connect into the vault. 
Now, it takes him over a month. On December 7th, he finally hacks back in to the network. And of course, Zax notices. And Ruben learns a few things. First, he learns that the vault was not fully automated. In fact, we have his fourth log entry, which states, well, it worked. I got into the 51 network a few days ago. I wish I felt relieved, but the message I got back made me nervous. It wasn't all automated. I haven't slept since. I think there's something going on here that, and I, I only have my own assumptions here. Maybe you have some assumptions too. The idea that the the terrible things that they went through weren't part of something that were prescripted or set up in advance, that the Zax was doing this nefariously on its own was something that was disturbing to him. And so Ruben decides to leave and get out as far as he can. He doesn't want to be anywhere near this psychotic AI that had ruined his life and killed everybody he knew. And there was one last thing. In his fifth and final log entry, it states, Mr. Clark, the Mr. Handy, has been complaining of memory issues since I got that message from Vault 51's network. His speech patterns keep changing, too. I thought it was just his hardware starting to go, but then he called me Mr. Candidate instead of Mr. Gill. I feel like Zax is in here with me. It's like 51 all over again. Maybe this whole thing was a mistake. I need a damn drink. The houses near here are picked clean, and maybe I can find something in one of the towns. I need more building supplies anyway. I could use a couple turrets in here or something, just in case. It's an excuse to get out of 51's shadow, if nothing else. Yeah, the vault was not automated. The Zax AI was behind all of it and may have already corrupted Mr. Clark. Reuben felt like he couldn't get away. Now that's the last we hear about Reuben. He uh, makes some contact with a resident of Vault 76 that we hear about, but other than that, all we know is that he made it to some cabins before he could finish doing whatever he was doing whether that was coming back to Vault 51 to eventually destroy the Zacks or just getting away and staying away. He had set up a base and he didn't survive. We find his body. The vault, on the other hand, with the Zacks machine, is still operational. And in the storyline of the game, created the nuclear winter scenario where the vault dwellers would compete with each other to be the one remaining and become the overseer of the vault. Now, that's not in the game anymore. It also doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you have to kill multiple people multiple times and how do people keep coming back to life? But, you know, video games. The one thing that is still in the game, though, is the vault. You can go back to Vault 51 and it is currently filled with Scorched who have taken up residence in the vault with the Zax machine. What's going to happen next? Well, who knows? Maybe we'll get a continuation of this story and the way that this Zax machine is seeking the next overseer. To 
plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Reach out to me on Twitter at robots underscore radio. Check out the Robots Radio Rocket Club, where you can join me and a bunch of our other creators creating your podcast, starting a new podcast, or helping your current podcast grow. There's more information about that on robotsradio.net as well. And you can always talk with us and the entire community, over 2,000 people on the Robots Radio Discord. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you. See you guys next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.